Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Wealthwise Show. I'm your host, the Wise Investor, and today we're going to embark on another Wealthwise journey and into personal finance. And today's episode is going to be about one, the Fed rate decision that they just did um, a couple of days ago, as well as I'm going to talk about a nice strategy to help make sure that your portfolio can still maintain its value as at the same time produce some income. Um, so with that being said, today, uh, get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, guys, understand that this episode and this podcast and me, uh, I don't give out personal investment advice um, unless you're a client. Uh, this is for educational purposes only. So anything I say, any companies I mention, uh, please do your own research and confirming that this is something that's good for you or talk with your own professional uh, finance professional uh, determine if this is good for your portfolio or not. Uh, so once again, educational purposes only that uh, this podcast, uh, my opinions are that of my own uh, and does not reflect the opinions of Simplicity Wealth or any um, of my clients at all. Uh, so with that being said, uh, let's get into today's show. So first off, if you're listening to this on the podcast um, streaming services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts or what have you, um, you probably not. Yeah, just sounds normal. Right. Away. But if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're like actually on YouTube.com and you're following us at the Wealthwise show, uh, you will notice that I look a little more clearer and, um, you know, you don't see my name down there. You don't see a, a timestamp. And that is because hopefully this new setup that I've just made up uh, or just made is hopefully it works. Uh, so I am using a camera, an actual standalone camera, not just a webcam. Uh, I am continuing to use my uh, microphone and I have a ring light as you can see my glasses. Uh, so hopefully this is going to be the future of the Wi-Fi show. Uh, and then we're just going to continue to get better and better as time goes on. So I'm excited. And hopefully uh, this is a bump up in quality that I've promised. Um, and yeah, guys, tell me what you think. Comment, like, uh, subscribe. And so uh, with that being said, let's talk about the federal funds rate. Now, if you've been rocking with me for a little bit, then you should know what the federal fund rate is by now. You should know why it's important. What does that mean for you and your personal finances? What does that mean for you and your personal investments, etc.? cetera? Um, and I think it was yesterday, actually. Yeah, yesterday, January 31st. So I'm recording this on a Thursday, the sec or the 1st of February. Um, and the feds decided the whole rates. What does that mean? Uh, that basically means that they are not increasing the rates, but they're also not decreasing the rates. Uh, remember I said how they use utilize interest rates to kind of help with the money supply. I said that a few weeks ago. Well, this is still their goal. Their goal is to get price stability with maximum employment. And I've, I've, you know, we talked about that last weekend, the week prior. Um, but what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for the economy at a home? Uh, the same thing. You know, they're just waiting to see. Remember when I said, you know, that report that came out uh, in last month in January for December's CPI data? I said, you know, hey, 
Uh, just because they had to bump up doesn't mean that the feds are going to make a decision because like Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, like he said, you know, six months of data is not enough. You know, they want to see trending. Um, so I'm in the same camp, uh, you know, wait and see. And I know that approach, you know, means that people the tightening, you know, people are feeling that day by day. It's not like, a, you know, six months of high interest rates can be a extreme burden on a lot of people. But their job is, like I said, price stability, which is getting inflation under control, as well as uh, maximum employment, meaning making sure everyday folks have jobs to, so they can put food on the table. And so, unfortunately, you know, moving too fast or moving too slow, as we've seen in 2020 and 2021, that, you know, that could be devastating for the overall economy. So if they, you know, want to wait, which they're currently doing, um, and see, you know, that approach, we should take that and be like, okay. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, they need to go ahead and start cutting. But one of the things that what could happen if you cut too fast, if you start cutting too early, is inflation starts to creep up again. Uh, because even though home prices hasn't really been going down, even though a lot of the um, other prices have been slowing down, you know, people are still out there spending. So if they start to cut the rates uh, and they let's say they cut them in March. Uh, he already said that they're more likely not going to cut rates in March. Um, but let's just say they do. What could potentially happen? Well, if they start cutting rates in March, all this money that people have already been pent up, you know, they've already, you know, ready to spend it, ready to buy. Uh, you know, that's just going to flood the market with more cash. And then what's going to happen? You know, more cash in the system means, well, remember when I talked about inflation, how it works? You know, if you have an influx of demand, but not enough supply, then prices go up. And he already said before that, you know, the price or not the price, the supply chain, even though that is getting better, is still not at 100 percent yet. Uh, so, you know, those who are wishing to go ahead and cut so they can, you know, you know, start making more money, um, you know, their job is not to make you. You know, the institutions more money. Their job is not to think about only the big guys. Their job is thinking about the everyday person who, you know, work for these particular companies. And it's a catch 22 because if these big companies hire you, like, you know, mirror you, and they don't have enough money to keep you on board because, you know, rates are higher and borrowing money costs more and, you know, they more things are coming up, well, they're going to have to start cutting. Uh, their headcount, and that means laying off people, which we've been seeing in you know the past couple of months. You know, different corporations have been laying off people left and right. So it's it's a tough decision, tough job. I don't want it. Don't wish, you know, on, on my worst enemy because you're determining, you know, what affects the big people affects the small people. Unfortunately, um, so that's one of the things where you know I'm going to keep track on i'm going to keep looking at uh de determining like the data that comes out unemployment data came out today uh let me pull that up unemployment came out today um and it's a little bit higher so what that means is you know a few more people than expected 
have claimed unemployment um, this past week. So, you know, you're in a direction to where, you know, technically people are starting to, you know, lose lose employment. Uh, but there are other factors in play where when it comes down to employment, because there's other like, you know, a lot of tech companies. Uh, I think uh, UPS came out and said that they're laying off people, too. Um, but they can find jobs other places. So they may claim unemployment now until they find another job. So it doesn't mean, you know, they're going to be out a job uh, forever or for months. You know, hopefully that's not the case. But, you know, so when you're looking at unemployment claims, that's an important uh, report to look at. But I have to understand, like, you know, hey, if I got unemployed, of course, I'm going to file for unemployment because, you know, I, I, and while I find another job, I need to have some sort of income and, you know, I can find a job next week and then come off of unemployment. Uh, I can find a job next month and come off of unemployment. Uh, so that's more of a fluid uh, report for me personally. Um, so my main thing is looking at non-farm payroll, meaning, you know, we, we talked, I think we talked about non-farm payroll. If we did, my apologies. I, I'm like 80% sure, I'm 90% sure that we talked about non-farm payroll before. Uh, but that's a more important report to, for me because, yes, you unemployment to me is temporary. You know, it's meant to be temporary. But non-farm payroll, you know, that's people getting jobs. Uh, so that's going to be a more important data point for me to watch, uh, as well as CPI. Um, CPI this month is coming out on the 13th. So on the 13th, I'm going to be looking at those numbers to determine, you know, are there going to be uh, rate cuts this year? And I'm going to say this year, not because I'm in the camp of rate cuts at the end of the year, uh, because they said that last time and it makes sense um, to get some more data in, you know, maybe a year worth of data, uh, maybe a year and some change worth of data before, you know, to see if it's really trending in the right direction. Um, and then PPI. Now, that is, a, I, I know for a fact, I don't think we talked about PPI before. That might be another episode. Uh, but those are the things I'm looking at. Non-farm payroll, PPI, and CPI. Um, and what that means for you guys at home, you know, understand that a lot of people are trying to make sure there is not a recession. And so, you know, that's one of the things that they're trying not to do. Um, and so far, you know, they're doing a pretty good job at it. Uh, and it's a very tough job. So, you know, I wouldn't get mad at one particular person because things are not going the way, you know, you may expect. Just understand it is a tough job. And, you know, understand that, you know, these people are literally doing their best. They're focusing on making sure that you, I, and your neighbors have jobs while at the same time making sure we're not overspending on eggs, milk, and cheese. Um, so uh, that's going to be it for the Fed Talk. Uh, that might be a segment, Fed Talk. Um, you heard it here first, guys. And so next, uh, going to get into the meat of the episode. I know I'm 12 minutes in, and, you know, that was just the appetizer. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, back to basics, I guess, where I talk about, you know, different tools, different things that can potentially help you 
with your personal finance, with your investing. Now, I'm always going to be in the camp of using a professional because I am a professional. So I'm going to say, hey, if you want talk to a financial advisor to help you make these decisions. But I also know when you're younger, you know, having a financial advisor might not be feasible, one, because you might not have enough investable assets for them. Or you might not want to pay that hourly fee, uh, depending on, you know, their fee structure. So if you're in the camp of, hey, I really want to do this on my own because, you know, I literally have no other choice. um, This strategy could be helpful for you. All righty, guys. So uh, I know that was a word cut. And it was a definite cut because I was trying to explain what I'm about to talk about, which is um, cover calls. And it got too convoluted, way too convoluted. Uh, I felt like compliance will not be so happy with some of the things I said. So I decided just to cut it out and um, make it simpler and restart it. Um, so I am going to talk about cover calls um, and options. I know I haven't talked about options a lot uh, which is something I'm going to, you know, try to rectify. And I know I haven't talked about cover calls a lot, um, or calls or puts. Um, so one of the things, um, I wanted to really talk about in this particular instance is cover calls. Now, if you don't know what options are, if you don't know what calls or puts are, uh, I will explain that in a later video, but you can always go to investopedia.com, not a sponsor. And, look up options you know just type in options and it should give you the definitions of what those things mean uh, but for those of you who know and understand uh what options are um you know options can be a beautiful way to make income and i'm not going to leave you guys who don't know hanging so i'll give you a little bit uh, options are basically contracts that can help you um make income uh, they're contracts to help you buy shares of companies. Um, so they're options to purchase these things. Think of it like wholesaling. If you are ever heard of wholesaling uh, to where you have a contract of a house, uh, you don't own the house yet, but you have the contract to buy the house at a certain price at a certain time. Options are very similar to that. Um, and if you own shares, you can use options to produce income. Um, especially when the markets are at all time highs. So that's why I'm bringing it up um, because the markets are at all time high right now, currently. And one of the things that I like to do in my own personal finance, and you know, I haven't, well, I haven't done this in a while, but this is something I used to like to do. I just haven't had time for it, um, is using cover calls to produce income when the markets are high. Or if I feel like, you know, hey, we might, you know, I'll retrace a little bit. Um, and what retracing means is, you know, if I say it goes up and then, it, you know, retraces back down. Uh, so what are cover calls? So reading the definition, uh, cover call is a options trading strategy in which the trader sells a call option while also owning the underlying security. Uh, so what does that mean? That means... Let's say you own 100 shares of a company. Uh, I'm not going to mention any companies. I made that mistake uh, in the last portion that was cut out. Um, let's say you own 100 shares of a company or a asset, ETF, doesn't matter. And you want to 
produce income. Well, you can have 100 of those shares and you can create or write a call option to sell those 100 shares at a given price at a given time. Uh, so how it works is, one, you have to own the shares. It's not like you can just, you know, you technically you can, but that's not what we're talking about today. You have to own the shares to do cover call options. And how it works is, like I said, it's a contract. So you are the person with the 100 shares. You say, hey, I would like to sell 100 of my shares. Uh, let's say the stock is at $100. And you feel like, hey, if the stock gets to $150, I will sell 100 of my shares for $150 if it's more than that. So you say, hey, I have 100 shares. I write this contract for the strike price is going to be 150. And if the underlining asset or if the stock gets to 150, or let's say 151, 155, then I would still share my shares at $150. Now, why is that beneficial? You might say, well, Derek, you know, the key is to keep my shares. You're right. But let's say the market's at all time high or your assets at all time high and you feel like, hey, you know, this, you know, is great. And we've been running, you know, the market has been running for the last couple of months and it's been, you know, 20 percent. I just want a little protection as at the same time, produce some income. Well, then I will write a call option for, you know, fifty dollars more. I'm saying don't write it for fifty dollars more. I'm just giving you an example. Uh, fifty dollars more. And if it gets there, great. I get an additional $50 a share and the premium, which is the value of the contract you keep. So you remember you're selling the contract. So you have a hundred shares, you write the contract, you sell the contract for the premium. It could be, you know, a hundred dollars, could be $50, it could be $200, depending on the asset. And once you sell it for, you know, $200, if if is that's the big part. If the asset gets to that price that you say you will sell at, and it becomes more than that price that you say you will sell at, then you will sell your shares for the price, and you keep the money that you sold the shares for, and you keep the premium that the contract sold for. Now, what if it doesn't get to that price? What happens then? So let's say you, I, I will sell these 100 shares for $150. And right now, the current price of this stock is $100. And it gets to $120 by time the contract date that you designated uh, is $120. Well, the contract expires worthless, meaning the money that you would got from the sale of that contract, you keep 100% off and you keep your shares. Uh, so that's how, you know, that strategy typically works. You know, you don't typically want to sell your shares. Uh, you'll want just to produce the income from it. Uh, so if you know, hey, um, I want to do this to write call options. That way I can produce an income. You know, there is um, a little bit more due diligence uh, when it comes down to doing that. So you have to know your stuff. And typically, you know, if you have an advisor or someone who, you know, invests for you, uh, this is a strategy that they can utilize for you. You can say, hey, you know, Mr. Advisor, uh, I would like you to impl implement a call option 
a cover call option strategy um, to produce some income. And then, you know, they will implement that strategy. But if you want to do it on your own, these are the requirements. You have to have 100 shares. And that's it. Uh, you know, have 100 shares. And, you know, you can write call options on them. And now you don't have to have only 100 shares, meaning, you know, if I have a thousand shares, that means I can't do it. No, one contract uh, will be a hundred shares that you know you'll be putting up um, to giving someone the option to buy from you. And so, if you have a thousand, that means you can do ten contracts. But you know, typically, you don't want to do um, all of them. You know, you don't want to do if you have a thousand shares unless you want to get rid of them. You know, unless you want to get rid of a thousand shares, you know, I don't know your life. I don't know you personally. Calm down. Um, typically, you don't want to put all of them up for sale if you actually want the shares, because just in case you do have to have uh, them sold. Uh, and, you know, it's not something that it is a contract. So let's say it gets, you know, to that strike price or it gets to the price you designated and is over that. And the person who bought the contract says, hey, I want those shares. There's nothing you can do. You have to sell them the shares. Um, but at least you get the profit plus um, the premium for the contract. Uh, so I am going to explain this in greater detail, uh, not just cover call options, but, you know, the whole option thing and it can become complicated and it will become complicated. Uh, so I'm going to implore you to go out and look up um, what you can. If you're interested, don't do it just because if only if you're interested, if you're not interested, don't worry about it. But go out and look up uh, options. You know, Investopedia is my best friend and it can be your best friend, too. Um, YouTube is also my best friend. It can be your best friend as well. Um, and look up with the different options. So if you want to, you got options, uh, you got put options, call options, and then you have the strategies that go along with them. Me personally, for the next probably two to three weeks, I'm going to talk about, you know, the basics of what an option contract is. What is the, a put contract? What is it, a call contract? And then the simple strategies of cover calls and then cash secure puts. And, you know, why they're important to know if you are uh, an investor. So I'm not going to be telling you, hey, buy this. You know, I know there's tons of people out there who but hey, buy this option, do this, do that. Now, this is just strictly definitions, you know, and what they mean. You know, they're not meant to entice you to go trade. They're not meant to entice you to go buy these things or do these strategies. They're just giving you more information so that way you can make a wealth-wise decision uh, in your personal finance. Uh, so that's going to be it, guys. Uh, hopefully this made some sense. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a little tough uh, because options can become complicated. And trying to explain it to someone who have no idea what you're talking about, you know, takes a lot of time to understand how to do that <laughs> um and so i'm gonna go back to the drawing board hopefully you understand a little bit and you know the next couple episodes i'm going to really try to explain what what options are uh, so that's gonna be it i said that already um i appreciate you guys rocking with me for i think this is the 40th episode 
So I uh, greatly appreciate it. If you are listening to this on Spotify or whatever, rate, you know, leave a comment. You know, I greatly appreciate that. Share with your friends and family. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. You know, please subscribe and like. You know, I heard that helps. Um, and that's it. So until next time, guys, stay well, flies.